Stephanie, I'm his wife. I am the introvert to his extrovert, is what I would say. I am not a huge, big personality, nor I will talk to people. I like talking to people, but it's just a little bit different for me. We have four kids. I know he's talked about them before. Uh, we have a 13-year-old who is taller than me. He's almost six foot tall. We have our 11-year-old Jonah, who's been running around today. He's about my height, and he's so excited to be a half an inch taller, because then he will be taller than me. And then we have our sweet five-year-old Willow, and we have our baby Abel, uh, who's just the icing on the cake, but he is not with us today. Thank goodness. Um, anyways, um, yeah, he's fun. He's super fun. He's really loud, too. Um, but anyways, um, I don't really have, I was like, I was looking, I was talking to John all week, and I was like, what is some funny marriage story that we have? And I just don't have one right now. Um, I love my husband, John. I know there's mushy stuff there, but he cooks. And I will do everything else. So if he can cook and he can take care of that, he does that house, he's an amazing cook. I, I'm like, I told him I'm YouTube over cooking like five years ago. And uh, I will do the dishes while you cook. I will clean while you cook. But he cooks too. So that is a plus. Get a guy that cooks. Anyways, we're going to start today. Uh, we're going to be going off of uh, whole world is in his hands. God, our refuge. If you'll turn to Psalm 91 in your Bibles. Um, a quick backstory real quick. Most of us know authors of uh, psalms. The most famous one is David. I know we have masks on, but if I make you talk, it makes me a little less nervous. So just shout it out there. So David is the most famous author, but there are others. And um, one of them, if we look back at Psalm 90, I'm not going to read that today, but Moses wrote Psalm 90. When you look at Psalm 91, there's actually not an author, but all the biblical historians and scholars believe that Moses, because of the themes, in Psalm 91, that Moses wrote um, Psalm 91. So that gives you maybe this wasn't, maybe it wasn't, it probably wasn't David in this as we read it. So Psalm 91, uh, Mary, verse 1 through 5. I am actually reading from the King James Version today. Um, I just like how it said. A lot of our notes today are off of the King James Version. So here we go. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrow that flies by day. So our question today is, what is your refuge? Just think on that for a minute. Where is your refuge? What are your fears? What do you do when stresses and changes and attacks come at you? Now let's look back at our childhood. How many of you guys had childhood fears? All of us. Who all was afraid of the dark when they were a kid? Afraid of the dark? Who was afraid of the monster in the closet? The unknown? Um, I was afraid of a lot of things as a kid and it just like, I had a great childhood, but there was one thing, just stresses and worries just were all at me all the time. I was afraid of storms as a kid. And I know that being in Kansas, there's probably storms, um, here, there are storms here, but in Arkansas too, there are tornadoes. We get tornadoes as well. And so anytime we had this radio announcer, I don't know about here, here in Kansas, but we had a radio announcer when I was growing up and the music behind him was like terrifying. 
It was like being in a haunted house. And so any time that there was a storm coming, my mom would turn that on or would be in my room and you would hear him and be like, dun, dun. And it's like the sneak up, dun, dun. And so I was terrified of storms as a kid. So anytime at lightning, of course, I thought there was going to be a tornado coming. Um, anyways, I was afraid of fires. I was afraid of dying, bad grades, and not living up to everyone's expectations of me. I had a lot of fears, but I was happy. I was a happy kid. I talked to everyone. I didn't, it didn't bother me on things, but those fears would come at me. Um, I would, yeah, when I was a kid, I was not an introvert, by the way. Um, but my fears as a child, they were so real to me. And they're real. I know if you have kids, that when your kids have fears, they're so real to them. Um, in about sixth or seventh grade, I started getting migraines. Like the stresses of my body that I didn't realize that I had, I had, they formed into migraines on my body that I would see those blind spots and I couldn't speak straight. And I know I worried my parents and they did tests and everything was fine, but it just was the stress and how I managed it and the pressures. Um, Satan battled for my mind my entire childhood. But it wasn't until college when I was able to submit those fears and I learned my whole life. I grew up in church, but it wasn't until college where I was able to take the word of God and submit my fears to it. And God had to heal me and I had to have God as my refuge and my truth and my strength. Um, I know as we grow up, we have a lot more fears that plague us and we're gonna, we'll talk through those just a little bit more. Um, but I wanna ask again, where's your refuge? What? is your refuge. We all have a refuge. We all have a place that we go, habits that we have, um, and things that we go to. Do you sleep well? We know that how we manage the stresses and the fears in our life can directly affect our sleeping patterns. Um, I want to talk about the three basic fear triggers, and I'm going to make you speak again. Say fear, fear. Worry, worry, doubt. Now, there's a lot more that stem from that, but that's kind of the underlying basic fears. So right now, we're in a crisis, and some of y'all might feel that crisis a little more than others, and some of y'all might fear their, your crisis mode escalates these fear triggers. So some of y'all might have a lot more of things right now going on than what you did. Fear of disease, fear of getting sick. I think everyone has a little bit of that. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Fear of finances, financial ruin, what am I going to do? Um, at some point in our lives, I know that we all deal with finances, but that might be a very real fear to you right now. Fear of safety, um, fear of worry, not fear of worry, worry. Overthinking situations, that's what worry is, isn't it? We all worry about something, but we make our worry makes sometimes that truth or that just little small fear a lot bigger than what it seems like. Um, all of these lead to stress and negativity in our minds. And Satan, Satan is very real, and he wants to turn these things and these fears of our lives into our refuge, into what we run to. Um, he wants us to turn to other things um, in our life as our refuge. Um, this next slide coming up. Our thoughts may be true or untrue, but they are always real. So I'm going to say that again. Our thoughts, now your thoughts might be true and they might be untrue. And I'm, we're going to talk today of how to hold those to the light of our scripture and God. But they are always real. You feel your thoughts. No one can downplay what you're thinking. No one can downplay because it's real to you. There's all kinds of people nowadays that um, that's what they want. But Satan wants us to rely on those thoughts. And that's where we have to align things with the Bible. And we stop and we think because he wants us to rely on our feelings, and our society is a lot like this today, and our thoughts. Um, 
What do you think about something? What do you feel about something? But the reality is, is that our thoughts are not facts. Our feelings are not facts. So where's your refuge? How do you deal with stress? Where do you find your, ref your refuge when you're stressed? Um, now there's a lot of wrong refuges and I'm gonna name off a few and some of these might be you, some of them might not be you. And a lot of them we kind of know where we gauge at, but it's where, where we align it at. So wrong refuges, what a wrong refuge might look like. And some of them are gonna be obvious at the beginning, but at the end of the list, you might be like, wait, what? So first, here we go, alcohol, drugs, sex, Porn, friends, shopping. COVID stopped a lot of shopping. I just got a witness to that. So if you're addicted to shopping, you found out whether or not you were addicted to shopping during COVID. Um, sleep, um, your phone. COVID, I hate my phone right now. I mean, sometimes there's nothing else to do, but I'm just stopping right there. I hate my phone. Um, your significant other, girlfriend, boyfriend, wife, husband, fiance. Um, video games, entertainment, money, food. I learned to bake a lot during COVID. Maybe not learned, I just baked, I had time to bake a lot. And we baked bread and cakes and pasta and a lot of stuff. And that's not always a good thing. So I didn't, it doesn't take time as much to make a salad and salads don't taste as good. So we were baking a lot of bread with the kids and eating a lot of bread with the kids. Anyways, let's keep going. Sports. Some of y'all realized how addicted to sports you guys were during COVID. I know, I'm still, I am, I'm, I'm a little worried about football because I do enjoy football and I enjoy it. For my husband, I like watching sports, but ESPN reruns are not just the same. They're getting creative. Um, work and hobbies are another couple of refuges that you could have that could be either misplaced or the wrong refuges. Um, this comes to our next point. Any place that you go to before God is a wrong refuge. So some of the things on the list that I just had um, were good things. They weren't bad things on the list, but anything that you run to before God, that, there it is, um, any place that you go, it's a wrong refuge. So um, I'm going to, I'll go to this one just a minute. Um, Robert Morris, I'm going to talk about him real quick. Um, he, as I was studying for this, he has a great sermon. It's on a different Psalms and some different things. Refuge is actually referenced in the Bible several different times. And there's so many verses, so many good verses on it. Um, but he speaks on uh, the three things that happen when we have the wrong refuge. And I would write these down because they spoke to me. They really spoke to me. And I don't, are they, yep, they're going to be up here. Um, distance is the first one. First commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me. So do you know that God doesn't move? So many times in our life, we're like, I don't feel God. I don't know where God is. I'm not, he doesn't move. He's always the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's God. And he's not moving, but it's us. It's us. I'm like, okay, God, well, today I don't have time to have my Bible study. Today I don't have time to look at your word, to look up. Today, is, it's the easiest day and age. If you have an issue, you can search on your phone, on Google, the Bible verse that you need for any situation. So we don't really have an excuse, but sometimes we're just too busy. And so that distance, that separation, when I, if I'm going to use my marriage a lot in this, um, on this just a little bit, um, John and I, if we, and I actually, I changed it on this point. I'm going to change it real quick. Y'all, I'm in charge, so I can do what I want. Um, 
let's go with friendship. We're not going to even go as intimate as a relationship of girlfriend and boyfriend because that is every day and you live with them. And that should be, that's the image that God gives. But let's go with friendship. If you don't talk to your friend once a week, once a month. Now, I'm not talking the friends that you move away like I have my friends. And I'll even actually say the ones that I, I've moved away from a lot of friends, a lot of really good friends back in Arkansas. And we don't talk as much. And you know what? There's distance between us. I don't know everything that's going on in their life right now. And that's the same with God, um, is that if we move from him, you're not going to know what's going on in his word in your life. He's not going to know you, and you're not going to feel that connection in prayer and in his word that you once felt. Anyways, next, disappointment. Now, now I'll do this with all of the things on our list, is that eventually you're going to have disappointment. Anything that is good, anything that is bad, you are going to have disappointment. Um, destruction. Putting another refuge above God will eventually lead you to destruction. Um, Robert Morris uses a, an example of a king in the Old Testament who eventually is like, I can do this on my own. And there's so many kings in the Old Testament who are like, I can do this on my own. And eventually it brought them to ruin. So if you have other things ahead of your spouse, if I put other things in my marriage ahead of John and I don't put him first next to God, Jesus answer here, um, it's going to destroy our relationship. It's going to destroy our marriage. If I allow things to get in between us, if I allow um, a person to get in between us, a friend to get in between us, it's going to destroy. So that's the thing that wrong ref or refuges placed in the wrong place will destroy your life. Okay, um, how do I find God as my refuge? We didn't read this verse, but Psalm 91, 14 talks about um, setting your heart on God. It's those who set their heart on God. So how do I set my heart on God? How do you set your heart on God? Um, I just want to take a moment, and I know that we went through a lot of things that might be guilt things, but God loves you. Yeah. His grace, your sin, your wrong refuge, things in your life, bad things in your life, nothing is too big for him, and he is not mad at you. All you have to do is call out to him because he loves you so much. There's so much grace. His grace is so much greater than anything. His grace is something that you need every day, something that I rely on every day. Side note, um, how do I find a refuge? First word, dwell. We're going to go back to Psalm verse 1, Psalm 91 verse 1, and it's um, dwell. I'm going to say dwell is a place, and I don't know if that was up there. It might have been, um, but dwell is a place. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Where do you open up your Bible on a consistent basis? Now, this might not be every day, but I'm just challenging you today. I can tell you in different seasons of my life, we've moved a few times, and I've gone through different things in my life, whether I'm having kids, whether I'm working, whether I'm staying at home with my kids. Where do you open up your Bible? Now, you might use your phone as your Bible, um, and for seasons, that's what I did. I used listening, the listening app on my Bible. I did that all the time. I do it while I was washing dishes. I did it while I was doing laundry for a season. I did it on my car drive to work. Um, but to actually sit and have a carved out time that you know of, that is the biggest thing that you're going to find your dwelling place in God. God speaks through his word, the Bible. So if you feel distant, get in his word. His word is going to give you hope. He's going to give you a future. His word is what you need in your life. 
Um, we must have a consistent time in the word to know God and to know his ways. Do you have a Bible study that guides you? I know a lot of people use um, version Bible studies. I personally like something a little deeper sometimes. So I'll order a Bible study or look through in different seasons, um, look for a Bible study. I love my paper Bible too. Y'all, I know that there's some people in here that love to draw and take notes and stuff like that. And I love drawing in my Bible. I think there's a million different colors in my Bible. And I know I'm a girl, so I did the watercolor thing for a season, but I did it in my Bible, and I love it. I opened up to Psalm 91 to study, and it was all colored, watercolored. It was already there. Um, and I love taking notes. Like, while John speaks or a pastor speaks or conferences that I've been to, I'll take notes in the margin. I have a Bible with a margin, and I love looking back on revelations that I've had and the way that God spoke to me in these moments. Um, so how do you study? How do you learn about God? Matthew 6.6 6 says this. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. This is right before Jesus teaches us how to pray, um, and it's so important. Jesus, I mean, it's throughout the Bible that we have to find our secret place. You have to find your own secret place. My current secret place is my kitchen table. That is what I get up, and that's where I meet God. Um, many mornings. And I won't say it's every morning, because, but it is consistent. It's still a consistent time that I have with God. Excuse me. Um, let's go. Um, so say dwell real quick. Say dwell. Dwell's number one. Dwell. Number two, speak. Excuse me. Speak truth. God's word is truth. Verse two, Psalm 91, two. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. When you speak with words out of your mouth, it's hard for your brain to think on the negative thoughts. I heard Pastor Willie George say this in one of his sermons, that he said that God made your tongue to fight the battles in your mind because as you speak, it is so difficult. As you can read something, maybe it's not something you memorize scripture. Maybe it's something that you have on your mirror. Maybe it's something that you have next to your bed. Maybe it's something in your car for moments. But to read scripture, to read positive things, not even just scripture, to read the positive promises and good things in your life, but to read that stops Satan from getting in your head and those fears just winding over and over again. Um, God's truth, scripture, God's truth is scripture and we can speak in faith what will be. Speak to yourself, speak good things to yourself. God loves you. He does. God is good. God is faithful. Um, and we know, I don't think this is on a slide. Nope. Y'all, it's my first time speaking here. <laughs> Let me catch up. <clears throat> Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Um, so that's, God wants good things for you. He does. So here's some stuff. When you have fears come at you, 2 Timothy, I'm just going to rattle these off. These don't be up here. You're going to have to look up your own. They're everywhere, I promise. Google, um, search your Bible, all of these fears. 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Health, Isaiah 40, 29 through 30. Finances um, are in Matthew 6, 31. 1 Timothy 6, 17. Over your kids, I'm sure of this in um, Philippians 1, 6. I speak this. I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in my children... Well, he will bring this to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This is Philippians 1. You can also speak this over your marriage. There's many different times I've spoken Philippians 1, 6 over my marriage. You can speak scripture over your marriage, over your career. 
Number three, say trust. 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 Verse 2b, Psalm 91, my God, in him I will trust. Trust that God will deliver you. There's so many bad things that are real things that aren't just thoughts. And I'm sorry that bad stuff happens in this world. But we have a God. I skipped this earlier. I'm going to go back to it real quick. Um, Where is it? Oh, y'all. It's in Hebrews. But we have a God that has suffered. We have Jesus who suffered. He lived through everything that we are going to live through. Satan attacked him. He was beaten. He was bruised. He was attacked. He was betrayed. So we have a God that relates to us. Jesus relates to whatever we go through and what we are going through in our life. All you have to do is call on him. And it doesn't come easy, and it's not maybe the first thing that comes to your mind, but when you trust him, when you lay down the control of the things in your life, and you say, God, I'm going to trust you, whether um, I see my victory on this side of earth or in eternity, God, you've got that victory for me. I am yours. I am your child. Thank you, Jesus. I lay down my control. So Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Fears never go away. Threats, they never go away. But when you're aligned with God first, all the other stuff, he's, he takes it. I think it was run to the Father. I'm laying down my burdens. I need to release my burdens. That's what Jesus does. He takes it from you. And it's so good. His grace is so good. There's nothing in your life that he can't take from you and take control over. And that we need the peace to give that. He'll trade peace. He'll give peace to you. Um, I'm going to pray over you today. God, I trust you. I trust you as my refuge, my fortress. I dwell in your secret place, God. I long to dwell in your secret place. God, I need your Holy Spirit to help me replace my fears, my worries, and my doubts with your truths. Even though my circumstances may not look hopeful, Lord, God, I put that, I give it to you. I lay it at your altar and I lay it at the foot of the cross, Jesus. I trust you and I know that you are with me. I hold fast and I cling to you and your promises, Lord. I look to you alone to satisfy me. Lord, thank you so much that it says in your word, in peace I will lie down and I will sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, hey just uh, before we uh, move on right here, I just want to create good job, babe. Oh, that was so good. Good job, baby. Um, I just want to create a place. Maybe you've never, as she was speaking this, and I was thinking, man, there's maybe some people who've never actually been in a place with God. And today you're, you're in a place with God. Like right now, God is here. Right now he wants to talk to you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to help you. He wants to hear you. And so I want to do this. If you just would just keep playing behind us here, I just want to create a place that may be a little bit quiet for just a minute or two. But I want you to know that right now in this moment, you can maybe find for the first time a place with God. 
that th- this whole idea of, of God, our refuge, is meaning that God is a place that we go. He's not just someone we know. Yes. It's a place. And, and right now, there's a place right now where you can really, literally experience the presence of God. And if you're going through something, if you're facing something, I know I've got some friends in the room that they've got some family members facing some health issues. And I know some other people facing some job crisis and different things like that. And you've just not known where to go with those things. You've not known what to do with those things besides maybe gripe a little bit or kick the dirt or, or maybe cry or, or whatever. And that's okay. All those things are okay. But I want you to know that, that God is a place that you can take the, all of your life. You can take the worst parts, the bad parts, the hurting parts, the fearful parts, the parts that are full of worry and doubt. He's a place you can go and you can trust him as your refuge. And so in this moment right now, if, if everyone in this room would just stand up, just, we're just going to stay where we're at. This, I want to give you an opportunity just in just some quietness to just bring your own prayer, your own petition to God. So whatever it is you're going through right now, you can use your words or your thoughts right now and just say, God, I, I'm coming to you right now. God, I'm coming to you. God, you are a refuge. You're a strong tower. God, you're a hope that I can run to. God, you're righteous, you're good, you're a good judge, you're our creator. God, you love us, you're our savior. And right now, I come to you. God, I bring all of my baggage, I bring all these frustrations and fear and worry, and I know I can come to you as a place. God, that you're not just a person, but you're a place I can go and I can find rest, I can find peace, I can find healing, and I can find hope. Whatever you're going through right now, I just wanna encourage you, whatever you're facing, Just right now, in this moment, in this place, just talk to God for just a second. We'll be patient, and then we'll wrap up here.